Discover the Mediterranean secret to optimal health and longevity with GMT 23 Greek Mountain Tea from Terry Naturally. These capsules are stronger than a cup of brewed tea and support overall health, including liver health, digestion, and cognitive function. Now for the first time ever, this botanical is available in supplemental form in the United States. Find GMT 23 Greek Mountain Tea at your local health food store or terrynaturalvitamins.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. My guest today is Kimberly Jones, known as Real Talk Kim. She travels the world fulfilling her passion and purpose of loving people back to life. She is a mother, a pastor, an entrepreneur, even a best-selling author and an entertainer, and most importantly, a worshiper after God's own heart. She is truly a living and walking testimony of God's redemption and believes in the compassion of the Holy Spirit, delivering it to those who need it most. And she resides in Fayetteville, Georgia, where she is the senior pastor of Limitless Church. And she's here today to talk about her new book, You Gotta Get Up, Grab Hold of Your Life After Being Knocked Down, Held Back, and Left Out. Sounds like we've all been there. So without further ado, let's welcome the one who tells it like it is with total transparency, Real Talk Kim herself, Kimberly Jones. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I am so, so, so honored to be here. Thank you. Well, it is my honor to finally have you on the show, but I've got to say, I read your book, You Gotta Get Up, literally and sincerely and honestly, from cover to cover, and wow, you made me look at myself as I was reading it. So what prompted you to write this book? Well, you know, I was raised in a very strict religion. My daddy was a preacher. Um, I was raised on the church pew. Uh, I could shout with the best of them. I could scream with the best of them. And at 36 years old, I walked through a divorce after 18 years of marriage. And, and I was raised that divorce, if you get divorced, you're going to hell on a slip and slide. And it just, over the last 10 years of my life, I'm going to be turning 51, August the 29th. And I really started reflecting in this book, you got to get up on what was it in me that broke the generational curses off of me of my past? What was it in me that made me realize one day laying in a heap of my own mess, storms I created, mad at God for them. And I decided I'm not staying here anymore. I'm, I'm tired of being here. I'm tired of being depressed. I'm tired of being mad at the world. I'm tired of being used to deprivation and pain. My daddy died during the pandemic. I was sad. And I just started, I started writing this book, You Gotta Get Up, to help the world understand that it doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter if you did everything they said you did. As long as you got a pulse, God's got a plan. This whole book, like y'all know, shameless plug, this whole book is filled with stories of how God, up from the Bible, of how God has a propensity to use people with the worst past to create the best futures. And if you could just find your way to a place where you say, if I got to pull my big old thick thigh, that's what I'm going to do, but I ain't staying here. When you get sick and tired of being where you are, you'll change. And that's what this whole book is about. It's in every single one of us to get ourselves unstuck. Uh, and there's millions of people just in this country alone that are literally stuck. And, and your story, wow. Uh, and I love the fact that you were so open in this book. Uh, yeah. And to hear other people uh, tell their stories within your book and that you being so open and transparent really 
helped them in their own journey to not only receive Christ, but to have that personal relationship with the Lord. You grew up in a church denomination that was strict. And I'm and I'm taking a guess. It was probably United Pentecostal from the way that you <laughs> described it. No makeup, hair in the bun, always have to wear the dress, no jewelry. The list goes on and on. I mean, if you stepped on a crack in a sidewalk, you're going to split hell wide open. Listen, my daddy, my daddy, literally, I remember women would come in with ankle straps on their shoes. He'd be like, you're going to hell. <laughs> well, I was surprised that he actually had the revelation of like, wait a minute, this is kind of stupid. I remember the, I remember the, the, the year. Like it was going out of my ninth grade year into 10th grade year. He takes us to Helen, Georgia for a month. I'm like, why are we in Helen, Georgia for a month? Well, he had went and resigned from that organization and God had really dealt with him on the grace message. Like, I, and y'all listen, I'm talking, we went from can't do nothing to all of a sudden I get to cut my hair. I went from ugly duckling to like homecoming queen that year. <laughs> I was like, wow. I'm living now, but yeah, I'm so thankful he did too. Now we had 250 people walk out of my daddy's church when that happened, but man, God is a God of grace. God is not up in heaven trying to send you to hell. Like he is a God. I always say God has spiritual amnesia. Like we could be nay-naying yesterday and go pray, pray in today. And he's like, what about your past? Come on. I got, I, I have a plan to use people with the worst past. Get up. Let's go. Well, you, you also, regardless if it was during the strict church going days to being a little bit more free in the grace, you had a spirit of rebellion that uh, caught up with you. Listen, I, I always say I went from ratchet to righteousness. Like I know that God, I, I was from the South side of heaven. You know what I'm saying? So I, I literally, my whole life, it was like, I was so mad because women were, we had babies, we can't preach. Uh, my, my daddy looked like he stepped out of GQ. My mama looked like she was a whole hobbit. Like I would, mama dropped me off two miles down the road with your long hair wrapped up on top of your head, no makeup. And I couldn't understand that. Like I just couldn't understand why my mama had to go into the prayer room and within two seconds she's snotting and crying. And I'm like, God, you are so mean. My mama has to cry to get your attention. So it was like the enemy knew that if I ever figured it out, if I ever figured out that God is a good, good father and that he, he, he is right there. He never walks out on you like people do. He never leaves you. He is standing there. He loves to get you, pull you out of the trenches and use you to win the world. I'm telling you, he knew that. The enemy knew that. And so I, I, I'm not blaming my stupidness on the devil now. I mean, I, I saw all them red flags when I married those people, okay? I was like, I saw all the red flags. I was like, oh, it's a carnival. I just ignored them, you know? And so, yeah, I was rebellious. I went to Bible school and left Bible school, was with Pastor Rod Parsley at World Harvest. And I remember I was singing on the Sea of Galilee uh, for the Easter special there. And I was like singing, I know the peace speaker. I know him by name. I didn't no more know the peace speaker. <laughs> I'm shocked the Sea of Galilee didn't turn into some concrete. So it took me, look. It took me literally losing everything at 36, 37, 38, having to move back in with my mom and daddy 
I still didn't get it together then, but I started climbing out of that place. I climbed out of that pit. I would praise my way through. I started experiencing God for me. Man, if a mosquito would have bit me, it would have got the Holy Ghost. I, I literally transformed. <laughs> well, I, I want well, you did, and and that's and ladies and gentlemen, you've got to read this Kim's new book. You got to get up because of the fact it helps you to get up because it's yeah. it's kind of like Kim. You've brought the uh, brought a book for that gives people the nudge and the push, and and the Lord will do that to us if He sees that we have a calling that maybe we don't see or we're ignoring. God will start changing some things to put us on that path because we're here for his glory. And Man, I'm so glad he did. I'm so glad he does that. And but I want to bring something up uh in your book because millions of people are doing this very thing. They are in a place that they hate. What are some yeah. of the tough questions we must ask ourselves to get unstuck? You know, for me, it was, I had to realize that me pointing fingers at everybody in my life, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. There was three more pointing back at me. And I had to realize that God does not heal what we won't reveal. And in order to do that, we got to get free from our pride. Y'all understanding that the pain may not be your fault. They might've done exactly what they, what you, what you're saying they did, but the, 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 the pain has to be healed through you. Like the healing comes from us saying, you know what? I don't like what happened to me. I feel like I was uh, uh, forgotten about. I feel like I was thrown away. People were riding with me as long as I had gas in the car, but I'm, I'm getting up out of this pit. It is literally telling yourself, you know what? I'm done. I'm done being here. I forgive you. I ain't letting you sit at my table per se but I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to move you from my VIP section in life to the balcony, and I'm going to watch you from a distance, but I ain't staying mad another day in my life. And that's when change starts. You have to be intentional about looking at yourself. If you keep finding yourself in the same relationships, they're all so toxic. You are the common denominator. Like, why do we keep choosing these same people? Why do we keep finding ourselves losing everything? Why, why have we found ourselves in this place? And when we start getting to that spot, then things begin to change. It's called reality checks. And it doesn't mean we're bad. It just means we're human. But we're human enough also to get up and break generational curses off ourselves. Well, you know, the Bible, the Bible simply tells us to confess our sins so that we will be healed. And a lot of people look at it like, Oh yeah, you know, if I was sick with cancer or have arthritis. No, that healing can be emotional, spiritual, <clears throat> mental. So if we, you know, look, I'm not saying go around and start confessing your sins to a bunch of people you don't know. At least <laughs> get on your knees and start confessing them openly to the Lord and God will reach out of heaven and he'll do the rest, but he will expect Ooh. you to do something in return. Yes, he will. And it's called change. You know, it's, it's, it's change. It literally, when I tell you for the first time in my life, I mean, the last 10 years have been the greatest years of my life, the hardest, but the greatest. And now I, I love everybody. Like I literally, when I got haters or I'm 
you know, getting on the cancel culture or uh, on on a on a blog lie. People are lying on me, whatever it is, or telling the truth on me. But they're bringing something out in 1988, telling something I did a long time ago. I honestly believe that they they they're just confused fans. Like because if you knew me, you would love me. And that's what happens when healing takes place. You don't look through the eyes of offense. You don't look through the eyes of, man, I'm just a victim in your own story. No, you wake up every day and you're like, ah, this is the best life ever because I still have a pulse, which means God has a plan. That's Amen. It is. And now there was something in your book that really made me stop. Uh, many people ask when something bad happens, they say, now what? But instead, you said we need to change our now what to and. Explain <laughs> the and. Ooh, that was one of the greatest things I did for me because I was like, I was in special ed and I can write bestsellers now and nobody sees it coming. They're like, she could never write a bestseller because she's a special ed. Then God's going to get so much more glory for my story. I walked through divorce, dot, 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 and, right? You have experience now. Like, you got something to talk about now. Like, you can talk about rejection and how you thought it was going to take you out, but instead, it made you a better person. And now God's brought a incredible bow, chicka, wow, wow, in your life, right? That blew the other one out of the water. So you walk through losing your job during the pandemic and now you don't know how you're going to make it and dot, 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 you're making it, you're here, you've made it this far. So it's always allowing yourself to stop looking at the worst case scenarios and just saying, and, and what's next? Because God never ends in a deficit. God is never, ever, ever, ever going to let what you lost be better than what's coming. That is a fact. He says it in Ephesians 3.20. He said he's going to do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever ask or think. He says in Amos 9.13, out of the message version, God's decree says things are going to happen so fast. Your head is about to spin. Blessing upon blessing, you can't keep up. So if that's what my Bible says, I know God is a chain breaker, not a promise breaker. And I'm going <laughs> to stay firm. Well, amen to that, because it was so funny, because as I was reading your book, and you bring up Amos 9, and I was like, <laughs> wait a minute, when is the last time that I ever opened up the book of Amos? Now, I've read the Bible from beginning, from beginning to end, and I'm yeah. in it every single day, but the book of Amos is like, really? So <laughs> I, I, I pulled it up, Kim, and I was like, oh, okay. We need to read this a little bit more. And uh, so I thank you for that. <laughs> and uh, Everybody says that to me. They're like, Amos? When did we ever get anything out of Amos? I'm like, go read it out of the thug version of the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> well, you also say in your book, how can our, or I should ask you, how can our greatest humiliation and frustration become the point of our greatest elevation? Because God, listen, what I discovered was when I got in God's way, that's usually the things that wrecked. And sometimes God has to wreck your plans so your plans don't wreck you. And that separation that comes in your life, because that always happens when a new season is about to come and God's about to elevate you, separation takes place from certain people that can't go with you.
And so your greatest humiliation is free life college. And you ain't got to pay one student loan back. Like if we get free from what they think about us, which is the only reason you ain't telling your story, everybody's got demons in their closets. Everybody's done stuff they ain't proud of. But something about someone that has walked through hell and came out on fire. <laughs> you don't even got to really open your mouth. It is something you carry. That oh my gosh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. You just said something and I just got the visual. For all of us, anyone that w w literally walks through hell, we should come out on fire. I mean, and fire with the Holy Ghost, the power of that Holy Spirit to, to drive us to something better. I mean, come on. I mean, with the three in the fiery furnace, look who was there with them. So that means God will never leave us, never forsake us. But when we come out of hell, we should be on fire because we should be recognizing what the Lord has done for us and will continue to do. Yes, and that's why we can't waste our story. We can't waste telling our testimony. We can't allow ourselves to be embarrassed of that divorce, to be embarrassed of, look at the woman at the well, y'all. She was married five times, living with a dude that wasn't her spouse. And Jesus comes and has a meeting with her at the hottest part of the day when her shame had her go hot at the hottest part because she didn't want to listen to people's murmuring about her. And he goes, sits at that well with her. And he tells her, he says, you, you've been married five times. You're living with somebody that ain't your spouse, but I'm the man that you really needed to meet the seventh one. This woman goes and becomes one of the greatest revivalists on the planet. Y'all, there are story after story of people that were tore up from the floor up and God used them to bring so much glory and revival all over the world. And that's what he wants to do with you. He allowed you to go through that stuff you hate. He allowed you to fall. He allowed you to walk through that divorce. It was a blessing that he trusted you. He could have intervened, but instead he said, no, 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 no. There's some oil that is about to drip off this one because they go hit rock bottom and find out everything they've been reaching for. Those drugs, sleeping with people that ain't their spouse, uh, lying, hating, gossiping. None of that can bring the peace that I can bring. And when I finally had that encounter with that, with you, He's talking to you today. When he finally has that encounter with you, where he can wrap his arms around you in the spirit and love you back to life and give you hope when you feel hopeless, turn your scars into stars, make your wounds your wisdom, baby, turn your pain into your pulpit. Then he pulls you out of the pit and puts you in the palace and uses you for his glory. What? That's why you got to tell your story and you well, got to get up. Well, one thing that I've noticed throughout your whole book, and ladies and gentlemen, I will tell you this with honesty. This book, every page was written with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to, and I want to do a real short explanation here. Kim, you give one of the best explanations of the man at the Pool of Bethesda that I've ever read. It made me look at myself because our lives can have hidden, vicious cycles that we need to break, such as we need to stop making excuses for not moving forward or getting what we truly desire. What did that story of the sick man teach you? 
man, like I'm tearing up right now, even thinking about it, you know, because I was 36 years old when I finally, I mean, raised in a preacher's home. When I finally was laying in my bed one night and I was like, God, take this pain away from me. And for 36 years, I never heard God. I remember going to camp, youth camp, and little Johnny would be like, I just heard the Lord. I'm like, I ain't heard the Lord. <laughs> and I realized that God speaks to us in our heart posture. It's that still small voice. It's that conviction. It's that overwhelming sense of peace. I'm laying in that bed and I'm like, God, take this pain away from me. And with everything in me, I felt it knock me down. And it was like, Kimberly, I can't take this pain away. You got to get up and walk away from it. And when I, when I started researching that man at the pool of Bethesda, I was like, he got two years on me. It took him 38 years. He would lay at this pool every day with all of these murmurs, complainers, gossipers, depressed people, victim in their own stories. And he laid at this pool because that's what made him feel comfortable. He didn't want to get around people that would tell him, come on, get up, get up, get up, get up. Why, why, why are you still talking about that? The more I researched that story, I realized this man laid there for 38 years and was right there. All you had to do was get in the water when that water began to stir and you would be healed. And he laid there for 38 years. And this Jesus walks by and says, you want to walk? You want you want to get well? He said, do you want to get well? This man was like, duh, I want to get well, but there's nobody to put me in the pool. And all of a sudden it was like, cause I know Jesus is kind of thug. You know what I'm saying? Like in a good way, he's like, boy, bye, get up and take your mat and walk. And it's instantaneously that man was healed. That leads me to believe that man had his arms, that man had his legs, but something happened to that man in his life that made him believe that he was nothing. He was the black sheep of his family. He didn't realize that he could become the goat of his family. All he had to do was believe. And that day that man got up and he took his mat. Why would God tell him to pick up his mat and walk? Let me tell you why. Because it would have been very easy for that, for, for that man to go back to what was comfortable if his mat was still there. And that pool of Bethesda that day, because he changed his mind and believed a man that came there and said, pick up your mat and walk. Get up, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop allowing a season in your life to define your lifetime. It's time to get up. And he did immediately. And that's how God is. He's just waiting for you to get up. And people, even today, they use excuses. And in and in, when I when I read the story and the way you explained it, I kept thinking so many of us will use the excuse that we're always keeping our eyes on somebody else to help us. Even the, and then Christians will say, the Lord will help us, but there's they're really looking at a physical person to get get them to the next step. And even in the era, you know, there you know there was this church era of the name it and claim it, and people would name it and claim it, but they would sit and they not do anything. And which is why I loved that the era, the the portion of your book, you know. Faith without action is just wishful thinking. And too many believers today are caught in that trap of thinking that they're living by faith, but they're really wishful thinking because God's waiting on them to move. Look, we didn't get saved by sitting around going, 
maybe one day, no, we had to make the decision to take one step forward and say, gee, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. That's that step that we had to make to go forward. You know, everything's a choice. So I always, yes, we need the weight on the Lord, but you better be moving in that process. Yeah. Yeah, I always say this. Even if it feels like your leg is a turtle stuck in peanut butter, move, drag it. That's where the enemy, the Bible says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He does it through us because we are waiting because we're like, oh my gosh, I just turned 50 years old. My life is over. No, God will take the time you have left and he will shove all your purpose into those years. Like that's the kind of God he is. The worse your story is, the the more messed up. Look, y'all, listen. He will take your 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 years. Look what God has done in my life in ten years, and it was because I stopped sitting in the floor, laying in the floor, uh, 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 casting demons out of myself, and then going back and playing with them. Right? It's like change. You know you bad. You know you you know you you know you played a part in the, the situation you're in right now. Change it so you don't repeat the cycles and then kick the devil in the teeth because you got something to talk about. Amen. Amen. Now, why must we stop giving CPR to dead situations? Because they're dead. <laughs> I think sometimes we're like, I mean, so 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 your husband walked out on you, right? Started another family. You're over here still praying for reconciliation. You're over here like, oh, I don't know what happened to me. It must have been my big finger, five finger forehead, my thick thighs that made him leave. You know, we're giving ourselves all these excuses of why. So I'm just going to pray. No, 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 no. Listen, anybody that walked out of your life is not connected to your future. Like if God, if God is not a God of chaos and confusion, period. Y'all hear me? I think in the church world, we're like, everything's a devil. You know, the devil's after my car. No, you need an oil change, right? (laughs) The devil's after my marriage. They don't want your spouse. You just need to take your kid that you've been letting sleep with you and your husband out of the middle of of you and your husband, put him in his bed, turn you on some Lionel Richie. Hello, is it me you're looking for? You know what I'm saying? It's like, get up already. Stop regurgitating. Stop being, stop acting like you're going to make a million dollars for being sad. You get one chance in this life. Take your life back. Find joy in yourself. Your life don't even have to be good right now, but you can make it fun. You hear me? It's all up to you, period. It's up to you. You don't like it, change it. Change you know, it. I, stop. I, stop I think it. I think your motto is basically rise up and walk and kick the devil in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. Every time the devil gets in his bed at night, he's looking under there to see if I'm under there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 I love that, Kim. I love that. Well, you know, you have you have a, there there was a saying in your book that I really love, and a lot of people need to grasp hold to this. How do we stop bleeding on people who did, who did not cut or who, who did cut us or did not cut us? You know what? Stop doing it. Like go to therapy. You can, you can literally love Jesus and go to therapy. Like sometimes the Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. The Bible also says we're going to go through trials and tribulation. 
It is literally realizing, you know what? You know what I realized about 37 years old? I went to a funeral and I'm sitting in this funeral. I'm, I just lost a whole marriage because I told the dude for 18 years, I don't need no man. I woke up and did not have a man. You know, I was like, what happened? You don't need no man. I had to get to a place where I realized I'm bleeding on everybody. Like I'm mad at the whole world right now. Like I can't keep a man cause I just hate everybody. I don't want nobody to think I need them. Bleeding on people, even if they cut you or they didn't hurt you, uh, if they didn't cut you, is literally making you at a place that I was at at 37 years old when I went to a funeral and there was a thousand people at that funeral and I had like a Mack truck hit me at that moment and I realized if I died, I wouldn't even have a Facebook memorial page. Like, wasn't nobody gonna come to my funeral because I was mean, I didn't have no friends because of rejection, afraid of people abandoning me and that's when I started looking inside and I started reading books, I started listening to podcast. I started listening to teaching of all the things that I needed on healing. How can I heal myself? How can I break soul ties off of me? How can I break generational curses? And you know what? That's what happened. Nobody laid hands on me. I wasn't at a conference and fell in the floor. It was at night when I was all by myself in a room. And I realized for the last 10 years, I was praying for God to kill my ex with a train. I knew that if a train killed him, Benny Hinn couldn't bring him back to life. And so I had to come to the bottom of myself and I lay hands on myself every night and I say, God, I want to love like you. I want to, I, I want my heart to look like yours and I, I want to forgive, but I don't know how, man. I started realizing within like two or three weeks, Oh, I'm healing. I wasn't praying for God to kill my ex with the train no more. I was like, don't kill him. Just hurt him. <laughs> Baby steps. Well, That's you, how you heal y'all. Well, you know, <clears throat> You you made a statement that is so profound, and and it, well, I'm going to say this for some people, it's going to cut like a knife. Uh, but you you state in that book in your book, you got to get up. Healing is our responsibility. Explain that for us. You know, because nobody's coming to save us. Like, unfortunately, we live in a world where when you die, they're going to have your job on LinkedIn to fill it within an hour. And when you start understanding, when my daddy died, my daddy gave up his life for people. And when my daddy was dying on that deathbed, not one of those people called to check on my daddy. And you know what I started to realize? Ain't nobody coming to save me. This is personal. And when you realize you can't be mad at people for being normal, this is just life. Everybody is in their own fight trying to just survive. And when you realize, man, I gotta love me. I gotta love me and I don't know how to love me. So God, help me fall in love with me. Help me get free. I mean, literally God, y'all, this is how God works. Pray elementary prayers. You ain't gotta be like thus heavenly father, God of Jacob, Isaac, no. Just lay there and say, God, I don't like me. I don't like being sad every day. I don't want to be stalking my ex-husband on social media, praying to God that his new wife has gotten fat. I don't, I don't want to be a mean mom because my son looks like my ex and I can't even hug him because I'm so angry at my ex. 
Pray every day over yourself. I don't want to be this way. Change me. And y'all, one day you're going to wake up and everything's going to be free from your life. You're going to wake up and you're not going to hurt anymore. You're going to wake up and you're going to feel joy again. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, I never felt this. You're going to wake up one day and God is going to bring you, have brought you a mate into your life that loves you like nobody's ever loved you before. I promise you, if you will just put in the work and it just starts with God, I want this, but I don't know how to get it because I don't know. I'm used to deprivation and pain, but I want joy. And you run after it like you run after a ho-ho. You run after it like you run after a dessert, man. And you don't stop until you feel freedom. And one day you gonna feel it. That's right. And as long as we have the gumption and the unction, God will meet us where we're at. Because the thing is, is he's not far away. I mean, even in the Old Testament, God goes, are my arms long? (laughs) What is wrong with you people? I'm standing right here with you. You've been standing in the cloud. I've been following you around the desert. Hello. And we need to realize that even in our darkest time, he is right there. I mean, I even remember thinking back, even in my darkest time, all I had to ask Jesus was, just hold me. Yes. And, and he did. And, he did. and it, that, that's all I, all I needed. And then, then it, then it was just one step after another from there. Um, and also, I'm going to ask you to be too, because many people want to hide their failures. I mean, how many people go to church wearing a mask? But you encourage us not to let our failures go to waste. What do you mean by that? Man, it, you made it. You know, everybody in this world has things they're not happy about. But what I've discovered is that when you get transparent, I tell everything. Like, I, I literally, there ain't nothing that you can Google that I ain't already told the world. I did it. I done it. But I ain't, I ain't she no more. If you can get to a place where you are okay talking about what God set you free from, there are literally people waiting on your story. Like the reason God trusted you with your own crazy decisions. He says in Joel 2.25, he's going to restore everything the devil stole. That even means your own stupid decisions. Like he going he gonna to turn the narrative, you know. You've got to get to a place where you're not living in a fear, fear of people hearing about this, fear of people Googling you, fear of your ex lying on you and people believing it. And you realize that anybody that believes anything about you, they were never for you in the first place because people that are really supposed to be in your life, they know you by the spirit. They know you by who you are. And there is nothing like freedom that comes from embracing all your mess. You turn your flaws into flossom and you let God use your story. Everybody's got a story, but yours is a bestseller. Well, one of of your stories of the book, which absolutely made me laugh, um, was you get fired from Belk (laughs) Department Store and then you get a call from Bloomingdale's. So, but then while you're at Bloomingdale's, you're, you're literally ministering to people online. So you take your, and I really laughed because the way you told the story is where you were uh, sitting in your car at lunch and you're, I guess, doing a podcast or whatever, and you're reaching out to all of these people and you're helping them. And 
when your lunch break's over, you get out of your car and you realize that all these other employees that you know were getting out of their cars and you're like, they were on with me. <laughs> How did that make you feel? Because I thought that was awesome. Ooh. That was so awesome. Man, when I tell you, I was the one that they were driving home. Because when I walked through my divorce, I worked at I worked at Belk and then I got a job at Bloomingdale's and and I would party with everybody. Like my sons are at home in bed and I'm a 38 year old partying because I'm angry, I'm rejected from another marriage, you know. And I began to let God heal me. And I began to look different. Like when people say, you just look different, Kim. Your mohawk was your brand. Y'all, if I still look like that girl, y'all would not want to listen to me because when God comes in on, on the scene, your outside begins to look like your inside. And I realized that God was changing me. And I went from being bitter Betty to happy Kim and the, the, the store was watching. So I thought that I was still at Bloomingdale's because God was never gonna let me get out of Bloomingdale's. But really what God was doing was he was letting all those atheists, he was letting all of those, the homosexuals that their families had threw them away. He was allowing me to love them. I mean, I would bring them into my little bay and I'd lay hands on them. I mean, it was like I went from partying and nay nay to pray praying for real. And I started, I knew God was doing something in me because I would take those 45 minutes and put makeup on people and, and, and they would come back in my store and they'd be like, we want another appointment with you. And I'm like, for what? You look beautiful. They're like, because whatever you did last 45 minutes, it changed me. It made me feel more alive. And it was doing something to me because I was like oh my god this is this is purpose this is what purpose looks like and so I decided to get a prayer call number 1-800-PRAY and every morning or afternoon whenever I decided to do the prayer call I put a flyer out and the first thousand people on the call could get in listen to me people were jumping on those prayer calls 15 minutes early because the lines were full and it was like God was showing me that it doesn't matter how bad you mess up your life, when you get it together, one ounce of obedience will do more for you than all the prayer in the world. That prayer call that day, when I got out of that car and I looked around and I was like, oh my gosh, all these people were on prayer call with me. My fruit is outliving the lies. <laughs> oh, that did something well, to me. Well, I guess, I guess we have to say that uh, one of the most powerful uh, words in Bloomingdale's is blooming. And you are blooming, <laughs> and 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 it also reminds me too. If we're if we're gonna bleed on people, let's make sure that we bleed the blood of Jesus on them. I love that. I love all of that you just said. You know, I love, I love, I love rhymes. I love quick things, perspective shifts. That's right. It is, and you know, you stated in your book to begin moving to begin moving forward. We must understand that there is purpose in our pain. Yeah. Give us that insight. You know, God trusts you with the pain. There's purpose. If I would not have walked through the divorce, if I would not have lost everything, if I would not have gone to Bloomingdale's, I would have never been sitting on the side of the road because I wouldn't have been driving an hour every day to work. My knockoff Bentley, which was a 300 Chrysler, <laughs> Looked like a Bentley, but it was tore up from the floor up and left me on the side of the road every day, overheating. I would never have had to go get a job at Bloomingdale's if I wouldn't have worked, if I wouldn't have lost everything because I was wealthy. I 
lost $500,000 house, cars, but I had to go get a retail job, which meant I went from hating people to loving people was my favorite hobby. I would have never been driving to Bloomingdale stuck on the side of the road, overheating and looking at the smoke coming out of my car as a smoke machine and used it to do a, to, to do a video. That video went viral. And as soon as God gave me the platform, I was able to reach everybody. I was able to reach the young, the old, the media, the middle. I was all walks of life because what God did in the pain was purge me, take all that brattiness out of me, take all of that entitlement out of me, to take all that divinish, diva stuff out of me, religion, judgmental out of me so that I could be him with skin on. And so the pain is better than free life. It's better than college. You, you, you ain't got to pay no student loan back and there ain't nothing better than life to give hey. you. Amen to that. Amen to that. And I want to kind of go back to something because I want, and, and if you're watching or you're listening and you're a believer, I know without a shadow of a doubt, you struggle with this. We all have, and it's a learning experience. But Kim, many believers today use waiting on the Lord as an excuse not to put action to their faith. And I know we kind of mentioned this earlier, but I, again, I love the line, Faith with faith without action is just wishful thinking. Yes. How can that. people learn the difference between waiting on God versus he's really waiting on us? You know, I, I love this because Christians are the worst. And then they judge people that do jump. You know, like you jump and they're like, why is she leaving that great job to go do full-time ministry, right? When, when you're still in the same place, a year, two years, three years, you hate your job. You hate going to work. You cry every day. Shouldn't you be looking for another job? Shouldn't you be putting resumes out? Uh, if you want to be the first millionaire in your family, which we all should because the wealth of the wicked is stored up for us, what are you? what is your side hustle? Is your hustle holy? Like, are you putting in the work? I think that we as Christians sit around waiting on the, uh, using it as an opportunity to say, I'm waiting on God when really we're scared to death. You got to do it with your knees knocking. In order for God to do the exceedingly abundantly more than you ever ask or think in your life, you should not be struggling. You should not be paycheck to paycheck. Like God wants to bless your whole life. And it all starts with you doing something that scares you to death. And so you got to do it today. If you don't like your life, change it. You know what? I think you just gave everybody the absolute, I don't even want to call it a hint. I think you just gave it to us like we needed it. When we have that feeling of being scared. Now, some people want to define it as fear, but we can turn fear into faith and Period. move. But if we look at something and like you said, let's say someone hates their job. Well, if you don't, if you hate your job, go, like you said, go fill out a resume or maybe the Lord's giving you a dream to start your own business, but pray for wisdom. Uh, if you get, if you get that, you definitely from the Lord. Job you step out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, so, and like you said, you know, maybe that, maybe that business you really want to start, maybe you started out as a side hustle yeah. while you're still getting paid from your real job. But That's if you don't, 
Yeah. I mean, if you don't like where you're at, but you know, and for some of you, you know where you're supposed to be going. And like Kim said, you're scared. That's the telltale sign to step into the ocean and leave fear on the sand. I mean, Ooh, that's good. You know, and, and we need to, in other words, get out of the boat and start walking on the water. <laughs> and don't look down. <laughs> that, that's right. Now, God, I'm about to jump. You either go teach me how to fly or you're going to catch me when I fall, but I ain't staying here. <laughs> that's right. And, and what, another thing I loved, and ladies and gentlemen, my gosh, my gosh, my gosh. Cam's book, You Gotta Get Up, is it's not just something that you just want to read. It's something you want to read and put into motion, put into action. Because too many of us, like she said, you're a turtle in peanut butter. You got to, you know, you need to, you need to be rabbit on asphalt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but can you, Kim, and, and I loved all of the, the personal testimonies of people that connected to your ministry. Can you give us a testimony or two from your inner circle where people have found freedom through your ministry? Yes, I'm going to read it. Can I? Oh, please do. One said, a friend from church introduced me to RTK in June 2022, and as soon as I opened the link, I was catapulted to a new height in Christ. The similarities between us is what everybody always says. Man, I feel like I was talking to my twin because we all messed up. The similarities between us were glaringly obvious from the very start. So I signed up for the RTK Inner Circle, which is my mentorship group. We're both alpha females, bold and love fashion. We're both preachers and barrier breakers, worked at Bloomingdale's, struggle with addiction, and have an intense anointing from El Shaddai. Here was a powerful female expressing her whole self and not apologizing for being who God made her to be. I loved that one. Now let me give you another one. Another one says, I was part of the RTK Inner Circle, and I'm so in love with Pastor Kim. She is real, raw, and relevant. In 2012, all of the trauma from being abused physically, sexually, mentally, and emotionally started to manifest itself. I am not sure who I was running faster from, God or myself. In 2018, broke busted and disgusted. One morning I packed all my belongings in the trunk of my car and headed to New Jersey. It was there I had a dark night of the soul and dug at every root. I had to order, I had an order to find healing. In 2020, I moved back to Wisconsin. My ex-husband and I reconnected and my family has since been fully restored. That gives me so much, that gives me chill bumps. <laughs> but you know, <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible is our life manual. And to kind of let you know where the, you know, the status of the church is today, 20% of church-going people only read their Bible. Only 20%. Many people will, yeah. And which means you're, you're, you're not wearing the full armor of God. You're not equipped. You don't know what in the world's going on. You cry out to the Lord and he's like read it and I will tell you. But Kim, your book is is the type of book that truly helps people to if they are reading the word, some people will go, "Lord, I just I just don't I don't understand. I I need it made simple." Kim, you have made it simple for people to get unstuck to take that tiny first step of faith. Hey, if faith is, if faith can 
the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. You can take one tiny step forward and God will take you where you're at and use that. Okay? He's not asking you to, to jump off a mountain or a cliff and and hope for the best. He's right there with you. Um, but Kim's book, you've got to get up. Grab a hold of your life after being knocked down, held back, or left out. Look, you were created as a masterpiece. Your life probably busted you into a million pieces. But guess what? He's the potter, will always be the potter, and he will put you back together if you are willing. And when he puts you back together, you are now a pot that can be full of fruit, and as John 15 says, you can be full of fruit, more fruit, and much more fruit for the kingdom of God because you're going to be the example of what the kingdom can do for everyone that is broken. But if you need a manual, this is the book. And Kim, what a stellar job. But I'm going to have to give glory to the Holy Spirit for this one. <laughs> Man, I'm so thankful he trusts me. You hear me? He is definitely... A good, good father. Well, where can everybody get your book? You can go to Amazon. It's in every bookstore, wherever you buy books. But Amazon, you can just put in, you got to get up. Real Talk Kim. You can also get the audio on Amazon. Uh, my website, realtalkkim.com. But Amazon, let's just do it. That's the easiest. Well, I love that. And ladies and gentlemen, look, when we know that God sees us in our brokenness, it has a plan to bring good out of it. We can be encouraged to get close to him during difficult seasons. So don't agree with the enemy by speaking negative words over your life. Kim's new book, You Gotta Get Up, it's the secret to allowing God to work in your heart. Just get up one more time, then you fall down. Just like Kim says in her book. So head over to realtalkkim.com get connected with her inner circle and her site her ministry is not just women only men there are millions of men who have signed up for that inner circle as well because hey we need help you know why there's so many yeah. women ministers today because some men aren't doing their job <laughs> yeah not, come on not, <laughs> not not heeding to the call of the lord so let's just be real just like Real Talk Kim is. And again, get connected with her inner circle. Listen to her powerful podcast. One step forward in the right direction changes your whole life. So let Kim do the talking and you do the walking. And Kim, I want to thank you so much for your time. I am so overly blessed. I think I've received a new fresh anointing and a renewed faith just our time together yeah. today. I'm so thankful. You are amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Honored for this time with you. Oh, well, you know what? Uh, I know we're still recording, but Kim, I just want to pray over you, and I just want the Lord to bless your ministry. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, uh, but Lord, we just come to you in agreement. And for everyone watching and listening, you join into this prayer. That, Lord, it is your yes. anointing upon Kim. You have changed her life to be an example that we can go from pain to purpose uh, we can go from pain to prosperity and uh, we can fulfill the calling, the purpose and destiny that you've always had planned for our life, regardless how long we've wasted the years. But Lord, with the time that we have left, you can make it a powerful, 
walk, a powerful purpose to where our cup is full and overflowing and blessing all of those around us. But I want you to bless Kim's ministry, bless their church, Limitless Church in Fayetteville, Georgia, and just have that inner circle complete, continue to grow like, like the, the rings within a tree, Lord, that it just continues to grow and gets bigger and bigger, and it continues to branch out to reach more people than she could ever imagine. Lord, she's as transparent as the Word of God, and you have shown us that regardless if we've that we're broken, that we're, re we're rebellious, we run away from you, you will grab us and you will make sure that we are headed in the right direction, even if you take it all away just to get our attention. And you did that for Kim. You're doing that for many people across the globe. And I want to thank you, Lord, for Kim's ministry. Continue to bless it, prosper it, meet every single need that her ministry may have now. And not only that, Put in a fresh vision, new vision, and, and bring those visions to pass. Because, Lord, it's all about us bearing much fruit for the kingdom of God, because that's what you put us here for. We're your example. We're your voice. We're your ears, your eyes, your hands, and your feet to be examples. And hopefully, Lord, that, that we allow the light of Christ to, to continue to shine in us, shine through us. And... If we're going to bleed on people, maybe we bleed the blood of Jesus upon them because one yes. drop of your mighty blood will bring salvation and healing and deliverance and redemption to a fallen world. And we thank you, Lord, for listening and always being there for yes. us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for this time. Well, thank you, Kim, and uh, much love to you. And ladies and gentlemen, much love to you as well. And I hope you've been blessed with this incredible discussion with Kimberly Jones, known as Real Talk Kim. Join again. Go to her amazing website, realtalkkim.com. Get connected to the inner circle. And as for me, I want to thank you for watching, and I'll see you next time.